Hi, this is Jalen for Dobbs, where tire buying is easy. At GoToDobbs.com, shop brands, sizes, pricing, and our amazing deals. With 40-plus locations, get same-day install. For tires, it's Dobbs. For deals you can use, click on GoToDobbs.com now. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Character and Smallman, Michelle and Randy, great to have you with us on 101 ESPN. And it's time for our weekly visit with Darren Pang. Our Blues Booth is brought to you by our friends at Boardwalk Hardwood Floors. And Panger is with us on the Brown and Crouppen Celebrity Line. Darren Pang, great to have you with us. How are you doing today? Yeah, Randy, Michelle, I'm doing I'm doing fabulous. I'm having a having a nice day here. I've come up to my little place in uh, in Michigan and uh just uh trying to get away from the heat there but it looks like you're going to have some beautiful weather in st louis for this for this upcoming week absolutely perfect that's always nice yeah Yeah. it'll be great i feel like panger we need uh the weekly golf update for you are you getting some good golf up there in michigan i am i am getting some good golf up here i I, it's uh it's a place that i've been at for for the last four years and uh club here named prestwick village uh, golf club and actually a former nhl player uh, lives on this on on the same lake he lives here year round uh Two guys, uh, Joe Koser, which our our mm-hmm. Blues fans certainly uh, know how uh, how tough he was. One of the toughest that's ever played. Played for the Red Wings for most of his career. Uh, he lives here uh, in Highland, Michigan, and so does um, Wayne Presley, another uh, old teammate of mine. And uh, so we play a lot of golf around here. And and uh, um, weather's you know weather's been spectacular. So um, not as humid here, obviously, as it is in St. Louis. So um, you can get around the course without it really. It's tough there. It sucks the life out of you sometimes with that humidity. So, um, so the game's okay. I, I'm, I've got a big match tomorrow morning, so I'm actually grinding it out. I'm going to get some practice in today, and uh, make sure I can win my match against a, a fella that's about six foot eight and it's about <laughs> two hundred and thirty pounds. Wow. So I've got a, I've got a. I gotta somehow get Goliath off the course tomorrow. We need that photo. That's like Aaron Judge <laughs> and Jose Altuve. <laughs> You know what? I might. You know what, Randy? I might post that before our match tomorrow. How about Great. that? I'd love it. So if anybody wants to, to take a gander at, at Panger Forty, I'll, I will absolutely do that. <laughs> Beautiful. Sounds great. So, uh, Panger, we're creeping very close to the one-year anniversary of the Blues hoisting the cup for the first time in franchise history. Game seven took place on June twelfth, which is this Friday, and we're all looking forward to the Fox Sports Midwest special feature where they're pre- they're presenting Game Seven and they're they have special commentary from players and coaches as the game goes on. Were you involved in that process? Well, we yeah we we actually had a a lot a uh, lot of tapings were going on uh, prior to that. Um, they've they've likely added a lot since then. Um, so no, but I do know what they what they're doing and how they're doing it because you know because we didn't broadcast the game either, um, which is always disappointing. I was actually hoping last year, guys, that you know that John Kelly and I would at, at least do a kind of a mock broadcast. I know the LA Kings had done that in the past, and several other teams had done it. Um, just do kind of the you know do a broadcast where John and I are calling the game, even though it's not broadcast on Fox Sports. But at least we have it forever. You know, you call the last period or call uh, the the celebration. But uh, that that didn't happen. They didn't ask us to do that. So, although we were there in Boston and we did do a post game and a pregame show on Fox Sports Midwest, 
I was up there in that press box in that second tier with all our extra players and um, some of the uh, managers and scouts and, and so forth and Bernie Federico and, and, and myself and John Kelly, we were all up there just watching the game like everybody else. And I got to tell you something, that was uh, exhilarating, uh, nerve-wracking, watching Bob Plager go up and down uh, the press box and not watch the ice, the nervousness, and then the exhilaration, the joy when, boy, when I, I have to think it wasn't Petrangelo's goal that I thought was the, was the you know, the big one, but I, I thought when Sanford, it got three nothing. The Sanford 4-1, well, the three? Sanford made it four nothing, right. I, I think, or four, four one, and and uh, four one, and I, I, but I felt that three to one, we looked around and we were feeling so good, and in fact, at that point, the extra players, uh, they left up there, they felt so good about it, they went downstairs in the locker room because, as you know, uh, the players that don't play, they still get dressed so that they can go on the ice and celebrate and be part of the picture, and so when they took off, I felt pretty good about it. What was the environment like in Boston? What were the fans like in Boston at that moment? You know, the um, fans and family, uh, friends that we had that were there for the games um, earlier on, it, it was a, I think they found that it was rather difficult. Um, I remember Mr. Shen, uh, Jeff Shen, and, uh, and his other son, Luke, which everybody knows Luke's a, a big, strong defenseman. He was a fifth overall draft pick uh, in the NHL uh, by the Maple Leafs, so uh, he can handle himself. And Jeff Shen actually played some... Uh, hockey in the WHL, the Western Hockey League, and he's a firefighter to boot. So he can handle himself, but he went up to one time, and I believe it was game five, and he just went up to get a couple of cold beers. And one person kind of got behind him and said, hey, um, you shouldn't be around here. Another person said something like, hey, you know, hit the road. This isn't where you're going to get your beer. And, and it became a little bit nasty up there. And I guess at one point, Jeff looked over at his son, Luke, and he's like, two of us and three of them. You want to go? And Luke's like, yep. <laughs> so anyway, it was, it was kind of a fun story. But by the time uh, the Boston fans had five, like there was five of them on, on uh, and, and telling them to leave, then I think Jeff and Luke just decided, well, okay, well, that's five against two is going to be a real rough and tumble battle we're going to have here. So they stepped aside. But uh, apparently some of the wives and stuff were saying that it wasn't very nice, uh, wasn't very kind. But I think once the game got to that point, I, I thought the fans were, were respectful. Um, a lot of them stayed, watched the celebration. Um, I don't know what happened outside the streets because obviously we were inside for a long period of time until we caught the flight. So, uh, with the team, so it was, uh, it was, it was, it was something. Else. It was typical of the Blues, is what it was, guys. It was typical of the St. Louis Blues. Lose at home, get on the plane, and feel almost like, um, what's the way way to describe the way they were? Pl- they, they it almost looked like they were like relieved that they got on the plane. I'm looking around I'm like, you guys okay? And they're like, yep. <laughs> Let's go to Boston and win a Stanley Cup. And that's kind of their attitude the whole year was our backs are against the wall and we're going to prove to everybody and we're going to shut this crowd down and we'll win the Stanley Cup. And they did all of that. And a, a cool retrospective on Game 7 Friday night on FS Midwest. Meanwhile, Panger, as we get back into action here, one thing that I haven't really thought much about, and I know players are, get back on the ice in August, and buildings are different now than they were 20, 30 years ago. I remember when we would play late in, like for the Monday Night Miracle, the ice was terrible because of the heat outside and the building just didn't wasn't set up to keep that heat out but what'll it be like when we're playing in the heat and humidity of vegas or whatever the other city might be and the 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 players are having to deal with the conditions will it change inside buildings in 2020 
Yeah, that's a that's a very good point. I remember the transition uh, while I was doing games uh, uh, on ESPN. Um, boy, I think I started in in 1993 and ended in 04 or 05 during that lockout. I, I remember that how certain arenas, Tampa Bay in 04 when they won, uh, they had to put in hundreds of thousands of dollars of uh, of of um, uh, better dehumidifiers. Uh, humidif- uh, that's, yeah, dehumidifiers, right? Yes. Right. And, and they, you know, you had, you had all this, you know, tubing and stuff going outside and, and, and it made a difference. There's no question about that. I think in New Jersey, maybe in, in 03 had to deal with the same thing. Um, so anyway, getting to the point of it, once you get into June anyway, like only two teams are playing They're they're used to it. Uh, they're, you know, but but now you're going to have way more teams, you know, playing in August, where you know most states are hitting their hottest and their most uh, humid parts of it. But you guys know, once you get into the rink, it is so cold. The other thing to think about: there won't be fans and doors uh, opening and closing all the time. Once once the players are in the rink, I mean, no doors are opening. You, you know, you, you know what it's like in practice when you have when you go to watch the practice. They ask you to keep the curtains shut, even in the concourse. So don't let out, you know, any of the cold air uh, out. And, or if you keep doors open on the outside, they've got to close right away. They don't want the heat coming in. Well, there, there's not going to be that. I mean, there's not going to be people. So I, I think I think that might balance off the at, at the actual humidity and how hot it is on the outside. So hopefully that's going to be the case. But uh, uh, the players, I don't. I, I'm really impressed with how these players just manage to just keep going and not complaining and just just plowing through adversity like they like they do and i think with everything that's gone on uh in in this uh, world today um i think that the last thing anybody wants to hear is a, a you know hockey players or baseball players or football players complaining about the elements right. I, I think that would sound awfully silly if, of, of these players if they did do that right hanger before we let you go i know players take a great deal of pride in being nominated for and especially winning the bill masterson trophy which goes to the player who best exemplifies the qualities of perseverance sportsmanship and dedication to hockey and when you look at jay, jay bowmeister's career He's the Blues representative this year. I can't think of a better guy to win it this year than Bo. You talk about persevering from the time that he came into the league to the time he got here, all those games without playing in the playoffs, sportsmanship, his dedication to ice hockey, the the number of games that he played in a row before he missed one. I think he would be an ideal Masterson winner for this year. Yeah, with all due respect to anybody else out there that's uh, that's up for this, and 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 if and if you're up for this award, uh, you've done some terrific things. But I totally agree with you, Randy. Uh, this is a lock for me. Uh, this is a this is a slam dunk. This is Michael Jordan catching a 422 pound marlin like he did yesterday. <laughs> uh, I'm I'm not sure if you guys saw that, but we I thought that was kind of fun. That's but I think that uh, you know Jay, um, and, and you know for some of our fans, um, just I'll give you a, a little update on Jay. Before I left here for Michigan, um, Jay, Jay had he he has sold his house in, in St. Louis and, and moving back to Canmore, Alberta. I think is where he, he makes his residence and has always had a, a place around there, just outside of Edmonton and Calgary. Um, he um, he ended up you know having a couple of his fellas over just to say goodbye. So I ended up dropping by and talking to Jay for for quite a long period of time and talking about what happened and you know what what he went through and and us returning to, to uh, Anaheim uh, on the 11th for that makeup game and then having a coronavirus, you know, um, pause the league and pause the world. 
um, but to let the fans know that he's doing well, he feels good. Other than his hair getting really long because he never <laughs> went and got a haircut. Um, same old Jay Bowmeister. The players just absolutely love this guy. They were telling some stories about, you know, just some classic Jay Bowmeister stuff. And uh, I, you know, I know he's uh, he's in a good spot health wise. Just obviously not good enough to play hockey. And uh, anyway, I, I I hope that he wins it. He should, and I think he he might get some. Uh, acknowledgement as years go on as a Hall of Fame defenseman. And I think he's a, that's something that uh, would be deservedly so. Panger, great as always. Thanks so much. Enjoy the golf today and tomorrow, and we'll talk to you next week. That sounds great, Randy. Michelle, have a great day and a great week. Thanks. All right, brother.